to the Batmobile. Let's go. Come on, Bob, for old times, huh? Harley Quinn, nice to meet ya. <laughs> Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of Comics in Motion podcast. I am your host, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hi, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to Comics in Motion. What we like to do here is we like to review movies and TV shows that are based on comic books. Myself, I'll be reviewing from the perspective of a long-time comic book reader. And I'll be reviewing from the TV and movie perspective. And what we also like to do is we also like to spoil the hell out of everything we review. And so if you haven't watched our choice of the week, then we'd advise you to proceed with caution. And remember, with an average podcast comes no responsibility. Now, Chris, as part of our process of cleansing ourselves of Ghost Rider 2 Spirits of Vengeance, we decided <laughs> to watch something a bit more recent. Now, this was a movie that came out last year, um, went under the radar, really, quite honestly, for me, and I'm guessing for you as well, but what are we going to review this week? Well, Dave, we're going for the 2019 Brightburn, which I actually saw loads of trailers in the cinema when we could go to the cinema and me and Sam were like, we'll have to watch this one because it had a very superhero, superman-y feel, not knowing any of the background and just and it was obviously a horror movie as well. So me being a bit of a shit house was like, we'll watch it, but really thinking, I don't really want to watch it because I'm going to be jumping all of a sudden. But it was on the radar, so I, I didn't see it at the cinema at all. I've literally watched it in the last week. What about yourself, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I... I'd- hear people or see it on social media you know brightburn but the name quite honestly chris just doesn't grab me and i hadn't seen any of the trailers for it and so uh, i think probably if i had a done it probably would have pricked my uh interest but it, it just or piqued my interest it just didn't at all and so i think it was it was last week someone had just mentioned though it's it's you know it's very much like uh, Superman, you know, and remember back in the days when we first started our podcast, I go through the whole comic background and what have you. And obviously, this isn't based well, it isn't based on a uh, literal comic, but quite how they've got away with this, you know, by basically taking Superman's uh, origin story and then just changing enough and, you know, taking a a hard left turn, as I think someone had had said, you know, and sending it off down a different path. I I don't know how they've not been sued by like Warner Brothers and and DC and Warner Brothers in particular. So, but as soon as I knew it it was like, oh, you know, it kind of mirrors Superman's origin. It's like, oh, right. Okay. So I've definitely got to watch this, watch the trailer. And then it's like, right. Yep. I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah, it's funny as well because obviously James Gunn is the executive, he's the producer. You've got his cousin Mark and his brother Brian, who directed it and written it as well. Sorry, it was directed by David Yaravesky, but that it's a Gunn production. Yeah. And I know this was this this may have gone under the radar though, Dave, as well, because it was around about the time when James Gunn got sacked from Disney. He was supposed to be doing like Comic Con panels and stuff like that, mm. and he, he basically got binned off and jettisoned, didn't he, because of what had happened with some like historic tweets he'd sent and that. Yeah, yeah. So that could be why. 
However, I agree with you. The one thing watching this more than anything is it's just fucking Superman, but a Halloween Superman. It's a Kal-El origin story. How the fuck they have got away? They're on a farm. <laughs> it's not even like, instead of like um, going with Kansas and, and you know, go with someone else and say like, oh, he arrived in the middle of New York in Central Park and he's living in a flat somewhere, you know, an apartment in America in New York. <laughs> no, he's living on a fucking farm with a family, a, a husband and wife who have infertility problems. Hello, Martha Kent. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it, it doesn't ruin anything, but it's just, it's unbelievable that this is fucking never, ever been pulled up. It's just re- not ridiculous, but it's like, They've just gone, you know what? Fuck it, sue us if you want. And they've got <laughs> <Yeah>. away with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think though, Chris, I mean, this this was... So the budget was somewhere between 6 and 12 million, apparently. It made 33 million. Um, so, you know, it made a modest profit there. I think if the wider kind of community, you know, the, the, the wider public consciousness knew how much it mirrored Superman, I mean, you would kind of think it'd make stand to make a lot more than that wouldn't you i guess the fact that it's a horror movie horror movies typically make a lot less um and, and it obviously it's got that 15 in the uk the r rating in the us so i i don't know i, I i'd have thought it have made a bit more money if they'd have really pushed that but probably you know there's a bit of sony somewhere that are like you know we just we're getting away with it, but we can't rub people's faces in it, you know, because then they really will sue us. Um, but yeah, it, it does seem strange. It's like, you know, what else could you do? You could sort of, you, you know what, Chris, should we make a, um, let me think, a, a horror movie based on some um, local local muscle, some hired muscle for, you know, the gangsters, bit of a, a bit of a loan shark muscle type thing, you know, but he's a part-time boxer. He, uh, but he ends up getting called out, and uh, the the heavyweight champion boxer of the world decides to have a you know have a fight with a no mark, and then I don't know. Some it takes a weird horror twist. Should we just do something like that, and no yeah. one will ever know it was based on Rocky? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is bizarre, and it just makes you wonder, you know how, you know how do they decide? How much can they get away with? I mean, like you say, it's it's the same origin story. He's got the heat vision and everything. He can fly. <laughs> you know? How much do you have to change? Do you just have to take the Superman logo off and then that's it? It's not <laughs> Superman anymore. Don't forget, you know, National or you know what became DC Comics basically sued um, Fawcett, or they had a legal case against Fawcett Comics because you know they were saying Shazam was too similar to Superman. And so, you know, it seems weird with that history that they're just letting this one fly by. Literally. Very good one yeah, that day. Yeah. Very good. But, nice but you're nice right. Pun. Yeah, nice point. Yeah, nice <laughs> but you're right because, it, and we'll talk about the end, but he's literally left the door open for a whole new universe. And, and yeah. one thing I would say, that budget of six to 12 million or whatever it was, was used fucking fantastic for me. Absolutely on the money. This is an independent movie as such. And I tell you what, Dave, you couldn't tell. I really, really think the way they put stuff together and the trickery and the way they subtly use the special effects without actually using them 
and we'll get into that one when we review in a sec. I just think this is this for me, and it hasn't reviewed very well. It's like fifty odd percent or something on Tomato. It's very um, in in the middle. But I honestly, I'm I'm really surprised by that. I thought it was a great movie, so uh, I, I don't want to blow my load too much. So uh, should we get into this trailer? Yeah, let's go. Mom, who am I? You are a gift. We believe that you came here for a reason. I know it's been difficult for you lately, but you feel different from other kids. Just the floor, Brian. <laughs> you are different. Caitlin, get my hand up. He's a creep. Help him up. I want him in handcuffs and I want him gone. Do you even know who his real mother is? I'm his real mother. Let's go. Maybe there is something wrong with Brandon. I will never turn against our son. He's not my son! There are believed to be no survivors among the 268 passengers on board. No, no, no! Whatever you've done, I know there is good inside you. Now in 2006, a spaceship crash lands in Brightburn, Kansas, on a farm owned by Tori and Kyle Breyer, who have been having difficulties conceiving a child. And inside the ship, this infant child uh, is adopted by those parents. Now, obviously, apart from the names, Chris, we could talk about a certain uh, 1970s (laughs) superhero movie. What did you make to the opening, though? Uh, Dave, <laughs> it's just Superman. Yeah. I mean, we're going to keep saying it. We've said it at the top of the show. It is just fucking Superman. The whole house shakes, and we just get this thing where the, the mum, she looks out the window, doesn't she? You know, they're about to sort of have sex or whatever, the husband and wife. And she sort of walks around, the whole house shakes. And then we flash forward then, don't we, like uh, 12 years to, to, and he's like going to school and he, uh, Brendan, but it's just Brandon, sorry. It's just Superman. And I'm going to keep saying that because I've never seen anything be a rip off 
other than if you're watching a YouTube video, the way they do it is great. It's great. No fucks given. But <laughs> I think I, I'm really, really impressed with the the effects, the practical effects, yeah. everything of this. I and, I and I don't know why it scored so poorly because I think it's an underrated movie. I think it might be something to do with expectations, Chris. Like I say, for you and I, this sort of flew under the radar a little bit. You, because, you know, your aversion to horror, almost things yeah. horror probably, yeah. and me, I, I, I don't know why, I just had a blind spot for it. Um, but I think you, you've hit on something there, that with that budget, there's very little CGI in this, is there? A lot of it is the practical effects. It's the way they, they're kind of using those camera shots and everything. So it's very, very clever how they've stretched that budget. And I guess this is, you know, it's kind of more like Smallville, isn't it? You know, it's like a sinister Smallville. Because, you know, we we don't get to see Brandon as an adult. You know, it is him growing up. And, uh, you know, I guess in Superman the movie, you know, the guy who's playing the young Christopher Reeve with Christopher Reeve's voice, you know, we get the um, running alongside a train, we get him booting the uh, football, you know, miles away and stuff like that. So he was already a bit older, wasn't he? He was a late teen um, when we saw him kind of become aware of his powers. But Brandon at the start seems very unaware. You know, the, the parents have kept the fact that he is an alien from him you know so as far as he's concerned he's just another little boy and he's at school he doesn't seem to have any particular powers until you know he uh he tosses this lawnmower miles away and then a bit of a leap it's like oh i've I've clearly got super strength how about i put my bloody hand in the middle of the you know in the in the middle of the blades i mean that could have gone badly but you know that's the first moment isn't it where he realizes oh there's something not quite right here but he seems like a sweet kid at the start it's very kind of nice at the start isn't it you know the the whole picture it paints yeah and i do think the only thing character wise that pissed me off through this whole film was the mum tory played by elizabeth banks i hate that where you you know and he happens in real life as well he's where the mother and I, i know it must be difficult if it's your kid and your kid is in the wrong for something major whatever but this whole movie I was so fucking annoyed at the fact that she was just claiming ignorance. Even her own husband is saying there's something fucking wrong with his kid. He's not our kid. She's having none of it. To the very end, she was still going for it. And that's the only character in this movie that did piss me off watching it. Because I think, it, like you say, it starts so well. He puts the hand in the lawnmower and that, and he's having a bit of miver at school. But I think once it comes to like his 12th birthday, and he's had this sort of meeting with his dad about like, uh, you know, they've gone hunting and talking about sex and stuff, aren't they? And he's like, you know, if, if you want to touch it and he's like, touch what? You know, your, your penis. And he's <laughs> well, like, it's, it's quite a funny bit. And he's like, oh, great talking to you. But then he then goes to the girl's room, <laughs> this girl who's like been nice to him in class and fucking stalks are pretty much done. He's, he's pretty yeah. putting the telly, uh, the computer on the laptop on and all that. And she's like, it's Brandon. Then the next day at school, they're playing like this fall thing, trusting your partners. And she lets him go. He cracks her head. And then he, and when he, cr- he crushes her hand, oh. absolutely destroys her hand, doesn't he? And yeah. he, he still doesn't understand what he's done, which is ridiculous. Yeah, but I mean, do you not think as well? It- you know, Superman, old Kal-El, he, he's the ultimate Boy Scout. He just makes every decision perfectly. I think, you know, a little 12-year-old boy who's just humiliated, you know, he's a bit odd, he's a bit of an outcast. 
you know, but having that extreme amount of strength and power, I I think it it's scary. I th- you could see that you know a lot of kids. All right, you wouldn't fucking stalk stalk someone that's way too far. But you know, kids do lash out, don't they? You know, they're not completely reasonable. They're not well formed adults who make good decisions all the time. And so I thought it, it did get me thinking. I was thinking, Christ, yeah, if someone. Did I, I mean this is a little bit X Men Chris as well because you know the X gene doesn't really uh, present itself until you know kids start going through puberty and stuff like that. That that's the whole line that they take there. So they, they've obviously you know I don't know if they're intentionally taking from that or what, but yeah, it was very uh, it was very hard to watch that when he was crushing a hand. What I would say is oh. that. That discussion with the dad was American Pie levels of awkwardness. Yeah, yeah it was. It was. <laughs> and and you sort of see, I, I think that it, actually before that, it was the first time when it sort of takes a uh, a sinister turn. And again, I, I didn't really know where this was going to go. And, uh, you know, she starts looking. He's got, so, he's obviously got some uh, under his bed, some pictures of ladies out there, the uh, underwear catalog section of the catalog and whatever you know his little boy's curious about the female form we've all been there chris <laughs> uh, yep. but then you know it, there's some other pictures where it's like of of people's insides and stuff like that and, and she's the mum's like is this a guy thing and i'm like come on what you were saying about her levels of delusion come on no one ever thinks that's a guy thing surely so I think that yeah. was a little bit forced, that bit. But I think for me, that's where it starts to take a bit of a sinister turn, where it's like, mm, yeah, he's not quite right. Got a bit of a bit of a serial killer vibe here. Yeah, yeah and obviously, the, when it's his 12th birthday, his uncle buys him a gun and rifle and says, you know, we used to shoot these. And uh, he has, that's when he has the first go with his dad, doesn't he? And, yeah. and has a pop at the dad in the diner. Because they were like, they get like this ice cream. He's like, I'm not a, ch- a kid. You know, and you can see the dissension comes. And then I've got to say, though, Dave, in that diner, you know, he goes back to the girl that he's broke the arm of. He's his sort of um, lover as such. And, not a lover, but Storky. his girlfriend. <laughs> Storky. Sorry, lover. What am I talking about? He's Storky. Um, and... He, when he goes to the diner, obviously he's drew this weird number eight like logo is his logo, it's like a reverse B in it, like double sided, or, or and, like a misshapen S potentially. <laughs> you know, if you took a, yeah. an, an S yeah. and just restructured it a bit, so yeah, it's not it's not a, the sign of hope; it's the sign of fucking kill. Um, yeah. But he, when he gets her mum, because he even says to her, running in the bedroom, like I'll sort it, I'll sort it. And the mum's there in the diner and he puts that fucking light and the, and the, the glass goes in her eye. Fuck me. It, you know, we, we laughed about like Terminator and stuff that we did on the VHS and that when Arnie pulls his eye out and all that stuff. Yeah. This is like, fuck, this was brilliant, Dave. It's fucking, the, the gore in this, some of the bits are Jesus Christ. Uh, and i tell you what it felt like, Dave, when I watched the boys yeah. On Amazon Prime, yeah, yeah, yeah. very, very similar the way they, they were killing people and the effects. It was, it was like a, a, a very much practical effects, but for this, for of its time, and it just felt like exactly like the boys when people were getting taken out left, right, and centre. But again, it's trickery because there's not loads of stuff going on. Yeah. There's only a few set pieces in this movie, but they get the house to shake and they do different things, and it's all done within the budget. And I think that, that that's why I think it's very underrated. Yeah, 
No, the only little bit of CGI you get is when, you know, she's tried to lock herself in the fridge or the larder, whatever it is, and then, you know, he, he sort of pulls back the, the door and you just see him floating there sinisterly. And, uh, you know, he then just attacks her. And it's just, I thought that whole scene, Chris, was fantastic. The way it built up, like you say, there's not a lot of effects. It's all just like, almost like Alfred Hitchcock style suspense. You know, it's it's what you're not seeing. You know, you're seeing it all from her perspective until she pulls the glass out of her eye and loses sight in one eye. You know, and then you've got that whole effect with, you know, blood covering half of the screen kind of thing. You know, I, I, I just thought it was really, really good. But then that that's where you're like, yep, he's got a taste for blood now. Good things are not going to happen from here on in. No, they're not. And and then he goes after his uncle's girlfriend, doesn't he? She's a counsellor and she's saying to like Brandon, I've got to tell the police, is there something going on? I've got to report it. And it's like, don't report it. And he goes to the house to kill her, doesn't he? But Noah comes back. And this is, for me, is the fucking goriest part of the movie, yeah. pretty much. Was Noah ends up sort of dragging Brandon into the car, into his Jeep, takes him down the road. And the next minute, Brandon, like as a bit of a scuffle with him, chases after him and then lifts the fucking Jeep up. Oh my God. And just drops it right on its bonnet, uh, on its front end, sorry, on the front bumper. And Noah's fucking jaw just totally dislodges from his face. Fucking hell, Dave. That's proper like, oh my God moment. But again, brilliant. Brandon's character is evolving into a horrible little shit. Not that I'd say that to his face, Dave, but oh, he's fucking <laughs> fucking have you. But yeah, no, I, I, it was a brilliantly gory piece, that wasn't it? And it, it was like horror movies of, you know, a, a yesteryear kind of thing, wasn't it? You know, they we should be doing it feels like we should be doing it on the VHS Strikes Back podcast because, you know, he's he's got his jaw, like you say, it's dislodged. He's trying to hold it on pretty much, you know, and, and Brandon's just like looking at him, observing him, what he's doing. You know, he has a bit of, pokes his finger in his bloods, you know, and has a bit of a taste, you know, and he's just looking at it in, the, you know, in a very cold and dispassionate way. And yeah, and then ultimately when he sort of passes on, he, he sort of lets go of his jaw and you've got it all pretty much hanging off there. I think that was probably the goriest bit of the movie for me. And I, I, yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> it was, it was, and then, and obviously, he ends up coming back late, and his dad's like, you know, where and the mum, where the hell have you been? And he's like, oh, I've been playing soccer with my mates. They ripped my shirt off, and and the dad's going mental to the mum. This is where the mum was pissing me off, Tori, yeah. and and the dad, uh, Kyle's going. He's fucking not right. This is not this when he says to her, he is not our son. He's somebody we found in a fucking field. Yeah. You know, he's not our son. And she storms off then. And then obviously the next day, Brandon comes down, he's all nice as pie, having his breakfast. He he, he comes down, says to her, I've just been reflecting. And he's like, oh, great. You know, let's have some pancakes. And then he says to him, we're going on a hunting trip. Now this to me was the most obvious part of the movie. I said to Sam, I know what's going to happen. And Sam, he said to me, text me. And I'll read it at the end. And within two minutes of texting her, exactly what I'd written had happened. And I went, there's no point waiting until the end because what's just happened's happened. And she's like, how did you know? I said, it's just so obvious. So the dad knows that he is an alien. He knows that he's a fucking horrible and he's been killing people. He's killed his friend. He even yeah. says it to him, doesn't he? Because he yeah, throws him yeah, yeah. before the trip into the in, across the room and into the wall. 
and I said to her, I said, he's going to shoot him. This is what I said on the text. I said, he's going to try and kill him, and Brandon's going to kill the dad. Because you could pretty much tell that the dad was going to get it. Horror movie 101, even as someone who's a novice like me, that's horror movie. <laughs> Not the mum and dad are going to survive. It's usually like one of them. It's usually the mum. And obviously, the dad shoots him on the back of the head. Brandon turns around, and that's it. He's stalking him. And even his dad... He does that again. Was like the boys. I think you said that to me, Dave, didn't you? Like the boys, he just melts his fucking face off. Yeah, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Very brilliant. Much like the boys. That was how uh, the lovely Elizabeth Shue, unfortunately, bought it, wasn't it? So yeah, yeah, I think they did copy that a little bit. Although to be fair, they probably hadn't seen that. The boys only came out last year as well, didn't it? So when they were filming and everything, they probably it's probably just one of those coincidences, unfortunately. Yeah, and Homelander for life, Dave, because he's back soon. I think that second series is out oh, sooner. The boys can't fucking wait for that. Loved yeah, it. Yeah. I love that series. Uh, but yeah, so the dads are gone. Then the mum is ringing up. She realises she's finally gone. Well, everything's pointing that he's a fucking mass murdering alien super killer, extraterrestrial. I'm still not going to believe him. I'm still going to believe that he's a good kid. <laughs> then she goes into his room and obviously the policeman's been who she shooed off because of his symbol. Yeah, he's at yeah. the two murders. He's at the, well, we haven't found the body yet, actually, of the waitress, the mum. But obviously it's there. And and he's, she's like, no, no, can you go, please? And all he's like, I'll be back. Can you go? She goes upstairs and she finds the book. She finds his Drew, every single thing he's done, the murders of yeah. both of them. And she rings Kyle up and goes, you know, he's done it, he's done it. And the next minute, it's him. She's saying everything about Brandon. And he's like, mum. Mm. And she went, where's your dad? <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's like, he's gone. What do you mean he's gone? You know. And he's watching her in from the sky. And it's like, holy fuck. You know, he's going to get. And what I love, Dave, about the effects again is he surrounds the house. So she's trying to move through the house. But you don't see him. But what you see is that he's supposed to be flying through these them wooden American houses, mm. aren't they? Like the yeah, old farmhouses, yeah. destroying it. But again, what a use of not having to spend a lot of money on CGI and that. Because all yeah. they're doing is the house is moving and rocking and he's just flying round and flying round. And obviously when the copper comes, that is very much the boys because the fucking poor sheriff just gets fucking obliterated into a massive yeah. fucking blood, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was like that very first, uh, it was pretty much the first scene out of the boys, wasn't it? You know, yeah. where he gets obliterated. But, but yeah, it, it, interesting. Sorry, Dave. No, yeah, no, that's it. Like I say, it was very tense, that last scene. And then, you know, uh, his mum, kind of Tory, she does seem to like, well, she has a bit of a crap plan, to be honest, doesn't she? So this super alien, super strong being that's pretty much invulnerable, she she seems to like try and stab him with a knife or something. <laughs> it's not the best plan. But, um, you know, I think she was almost convincing him that she was still, you know, his mummy kind of thing. But then after, after that, he just, you know, flies her up into the sky. You get some, uh, again, some practical effects and makeup there. So, you know, she's freezing. Obviously, there's no air or anything up there. And then just drops her again, just completely emotionless, dispassionate. And, uh, yeah, that's that. And, and I'm thinking at that point, I'm thinking, well, you know, he's going to go on a rampage throughout the world. But then he again another little parallel with the boys drops a plane on the whole thing and and covers the whole thing up 
<laughs> Again, yeah. And what you were saying about his mum was because they'd done that little bit of foreshadowing earlier that he's never been caught. And the only time he was cut was when he found the ship that he came in in the barn, didn't mm, he? Yeah. And he come down there. And, and I'd said to Sam, you know, there's only one way she's going to be able to kill him. And she's like, why? I went, she's going to have to take him to the barn. And the next minute she's hobbling into like, you've just said he takes her. I wasn't expecting the mum to die. I genuinely thought she was going to kill him. Yeah. I, I was not expecting the mum to die. But what a way to end, because obviously, like you say, he sees the plane coming towards him, crashes the plane, kills every passenger. And he sat there at the back of the ambulance eating fucking some, is it ice cream or something? Yeah. Like he's not a care in the world. But then we get a uh, thingy, don't we, him out of The Walking Dead, who's also in Michael Guardians Rooker. Of the Galaxy. Absolute Michael Rooker. legend. I, I love exactly. Michael Rooker right from, uh, I think the first thing I saw him in was Mole Rats. And he just, he's always Michael Rooker. You know, he, he just has yeah. different labels, but he's playing Big T and he's a, a conspiracy theorist and uh, talking about all these other super powered beings. And, and this is in like the after credits kind of thing, isn't it? And I'm just like, whoa. Are we going to see more of this universe or what? Yeah, and, and very much, Dave. Like we, we're saying parallels to the boys. The boys is done for laughs, isn't it? It is nasty, and Homeland is a right bastard. But there's a lot of humour in it. This was very dark, very gritty, but the parallels are just so similar. And you've even said, didn't you, like a, an anti-justice league type uh, feel to it? I don't know the comics. I'm presuming there is this sort of thing in there. Oh no, um, I, I'm just saying because I mean they talk about the woman with the ropes uh, who uh, sort of strangles people and what have you, don't they? They talk about the half man, half fish um, sort of thing, and and so you're just like, oh Christ, they could make like an evil Justice League thing, you yeah, know, yeah. all these aliens who are trying to take over the world. I, I thought again, you know, in a a brilliantly understated way you've just potentially opened out the universe in a much cleverer way, to be honest, Chris, than, say, Batman versus Superman did, where you've just got Bruce Wayne, you know, oh, I'll just... of This whole filing system on this computer, I'll just go straight to, you know, these little video files, which gives me a nice little montage of Aquaman, The Flash, and, and Wonder Woman, you know? So I, I think I would be interested in seeing more of this universe and it, you know, especially with a budget like that, it, it'd be amusing, you know, if it did better than Justice League. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, and it's interesting because I didn't, was not looking forward to going into this, and I absolutely loved it. So, uh, let's get to our review, Dave. Yeah, let's go. Now, Chris, you did mention. Uh, in our Scream review on the VHS Strikes Back, that you wouldn't watch another horror movie and say you enjoyed it. And I think it, 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 this was completely unintentional, but I guess with that last statement, you've just you've loved this one as well. So there you go. You might be coming round to the old horror genre. <laughs> the walking contradiction that yeah. is Chris felt. Yeah, yeah I don't like game. sci-fi, but I love Star Wars. <laughs> Back, <laughs> Back to, to the, the future and the Terminator and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the I hate everything yeah. sci-fi. But sci-fi yeah, yeah. I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave, in the immortal words, fuck you. Yeah. Right, anyway. <laughs> now, Chris, from my perspective, this was a massive surprise for me. I went in with no expectations whatsoever. Only looked up the budget information after. Only looked at the IMDb ratings after. And so I think 
I think some of the negative comeback is probably some of the around some of the build up. You know, James Gunn, his his stock is pretty high anyway, isn't it? I, apart from you know the whole tweeting thing, but in terms of churning out really good movies, you know, and I know he's just the producer, but obviously he's heavily involved with that. It's pretty much a gun production, isn't it? It's keeping it within the family. So you know, probably the expectations were pretty high. Is this the best horror movie you've ever seen? Well, no, it doesn't sit up there with all the classics and whatever. But to see that kind of genre bending between, you know, a superhero movie and, and a horror movie and just have that Elseworlds slash, you know, a what if kind of story and just changing it enough so that you don't have the old uh, blue and <laughs> blue and red kind of outfit. So I, I, I can't help but be taken along with this. Now, I know it's not like I say, it's not the best movie I've ever seen. It's not the best horror I've ever seen. Um, but it just ex- exceeded my expectations so much. And I think they did a lot with a little bit of budget. We were sort of singing the praises of the likes of Deadpool. You know, that was about 50 million budget, wasn't it? But this was like, you know, six to 12. So, so it's just different gravy completely. And so I think they did a brilliant job with that. I think they did a good job of kind of introducing us to the different characters and then, you know, seeing that evolution from being a little boy. And then, you know, it all really starts to go wrong with the calling he gets from the spaceship, doesn't he? And he starts speaking in tongues kind of thing. But no, I really enjoyed this, and I'd definitely be interested in seeing them explore, you know, more of this kind of story, you know, within this universe. So maybe see a, you know, evil Superwoman, evil Flash, evil Aquaman kind of thing, and then bring it all in a, into an evil Justice League. I, I'd be interested in seeing that. So I think for that, Chris, for me, this is going to go to an Atlantis. So it is above. Uh, average for me, even though IMDb puts in, what was it? Um, I did have it up before, but I stupidly closed it down. Hold on. So IMDb gives it a 6.1. And generally, Chris, 6.1 on IMDb is a pretty poor movie, isn't it? But I definitely think, you know, this one is well worth a watch. I, I don't know if how I'd feel if I went to the cinema. You know, for me, some of the things, some movies just lend themselves to be watched on the cinema, don't they? This isn't one of those. This is, you know, kind of, if you got, I don't want to say if you've got nothing else to watch, but, you know, if you want to watch something a little bit different, you know, and uh, I watch it on Now TV, but, you know, when it comes on Netflix or whatever, just watch it. It's pretty good. Now, how about yourself, Chris? I'm the same as you, Dave. I went into it with no expectations, thinking, oh, this, because Sam has a list of about 20 films and she has like the scores, I don't realize she has the scores on them as well. So, so we know the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score, so we know who's going to be a good and all that. And it doesn't always work like that because we've got plenty of films that have got great scores and we've just fucking gone, this is fucking shit. But <laughs> genuinely wasn't expecting much, but I absolutely loved it, Dave. I, I'm really interested in the universe. I think the anti hero stuff, the fact that he's, it's played purely violent. I, I do say sometimes with some of the hero stuff, I hate the fact that it's so watered down and PG. I want to see an 18 fucking Superman where he absolutely decimates people or Batman or Spider-Man, you know, proper violence and stuff. None of this, like, the bad guys get to sort of do all the great stuff, but the good guys have still got to tell the lie. Like you say, the greatest Boy Scout Superman. This just 
there's no thing. He's just evil. He gets he, oh, um, taken over. To, and when we watch these episodes, he's a bit like the omen, really. And he just gets possessed and he's fucked then. Wherever he's come from, there's no explanation where he's come from, but he's just an evil bastard. And I think I loved it. I love the fact that he's on the budget is absolutely next to nothing. It's not even what we're describing, even on like a middle tier. It's not even a B movie these days, Dave. It's just like an independent movie being made. And what they did to get it to that situation. I know the cast isn't very big. You've got five or six people, maybe, or maybe 10 people, sorry, all together in the cast. But it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I'm going to send it to Atlantis as well, Dave. And I, I will say it's totally underrated for me. And I would love to see or hear what other people think of it. You know, to just definitely send an email in, a tweet, whichever, because I I genuinely think it was a sleeper hit for me really really was and um, like you said I genuinely would love to watch see if there's an expanded universe from this because I think it deserves it yeah yeah definitely now Chris if someone wants to get in contact with us how would they get in contact with us on Twitter it's at Comics in Motion P if you want to email in the Comics in Motion podcast at gmail.com and I say it every episode across all our podcasts and I'm sure people are sick of hearing me say it but if you do get a bit of time, guys, please get onto your podcast catching app like iTunes or uh, whichever, Android. Just drop us a review on the show. It just helps myself and Dave grow and gets us out there to more people. So, Dave, great episode. Uh, I'm not sure what we're doing next week, but I'll tell you now, it's going to take a lot to sort of beat this one for me because this has been a cracker. Um, and it, obviously, like you say, it gets rid of the fucking Ghost Rider ghost. So. <laughs> <laughs> a bit, bit of a palate cleanser. You know, and again, I guess a disclaimer that because we watched Spirit of Vengeance last week, maybe we're rating it a bit higher for that as well. But, you know, whatever. We're, we'll be back to normal hopefully next week after that little palate cleanser. Yeah, great stuff, mate. Right, well, we'll see everybody next time. Bye now. Excuse me, I'm Eric Lentra. James Xavier. Go fuck yourself. What in the ass? Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the bed? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sounds. Let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. Would you care to step outside? Come to me, son of Jerome! Kneel before Zor! Why so serious? Let's put a smile on that face. I am Iron Man. I'm Batman. Hey. Good evening. Whoa! Hey.